0: Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 as we explore St. Peter's prophetic teaching in the second epistle of Peter in chapter 1. You know, it's really Fascinating to be able to travel back in time and hear firsthand from our first pope his teaching, his prophetic teaching about the present and the future and how to deal with false prophets and false teachers in the church. So, just a a recap because you, you try to put into context what the scriptures teach and that way you can kind of keep yourself within boundaries of proper meaning. And what was going on in the church in the first century that Peter was addressing is that there was a diabolical strategy of false teachers and false prophets to lure believers into thinking that sexual depravity is somehow okay. And this is nothing new. This is the exact same problem we face in the 21st century, and the way they were casting doubt on the moral teaching of Christ and the church in the first century was to deny the reality of the second coming of Christ and the final judgment, and by doing that, it was a means for Christians to cast off their moral restraint. In other words, they used twisted eschatology or biblical prophecy to corrupt the church. Now, in 2 Peter, there's something fascinating that he did differently than about 97% of the good people who are exposing the false teachers in the church today, in that there's a number of broadcasts, podcasts, periodicals, and everything else uh, exposing what's wrong with the false teachers and the false prophets in the church today, but they leave it at that without solutions to how do you counter this? And it's interesting that St. Peter began with the solution before he got to what the false teachers were doing. He not only didn't leave the solution out, he put it first. and that's of course, is where we're going to look today in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, is his ultimate solution, along with a little bit of what we're going to be talking about next episode, to combating the false teachings in the church. His divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises that through them you may escape from the corruption that is in the world because of passion and become partakers of the divine nature. In other words, God has provided through his very great promises means to escape the trap being set by the false teachers and false prophets and the way to do that is this great promise of becoming partakers of the divine nature. Very interesting. I, as a Protestant minister, taught through almost every part of the Bible. I can't ever remember, ever preaching a sermon on 2 Peter chapter 1 in verse 4, which says that we might become partakers of the divine nature. That sounds like something of, uh, about a New Age uh, guest interview on an Oprah Winfrey show. Doesn't sound like the Bible, partakers of the divine nature. If you look in the Revised Standard Version, the Catholic edition, the appendix has a little note on verse 4, which says that, This is a strong expression to describe the transformation of human nature by divine grace. Now, one of the keys to understanding biblical prophecy is a balance. If you can conceive a biblical prophecy as a seesaw, and on one end of the seesaw, Imagine one of the seesaw entirely on the ground and the other sides all the way up. This is the rapture at any moment, folks, which says everything in biblical prophecy is the future. Now, you flip the seesaw into the other direction, and you have folks that correctly perceive that all biblical prophecy is not about the future. Some of it is about the past, and some very important things are about the present, And so what we're trying to do in these broadcasts is to present the idea that very often these scriptures apply to both aspects, the future, the past, and importantly, the present. And the expression that we've presented that's very common amongst biblical scholars, this dynamic of already and not yet. Already being some of the promises, the very great promises of the future are brought forward to the believing Christian in the present, and there's aspects that are not yet. For instance, our bodies are going to be changed into a new form, but that awaits the not yet. But the becoming partakers of the divine nature is something that's already, and that I would dare say unless you happen to be an orthodox Christian by that I mean somebody who's not heretical I'm talking about the orthodox churches in the orthodox church this idea of becoming a partaker of the divine nature is the goal the explicit concrete goal of the entire Christian life and when Saint John Paul II was writing on the Eastern Churches. He he identified this. This is the goal of the Christian life, and it's something I think essential that, in a very positive way, I think is being brought into Catholicism, uh, being re-energized, so to speak. And talked about, so we realize that we just not only have a lot of horrible bad news about false prophets and false teachers in the church, but what resource has God given us to overcome it? And so those very great promises, through these you may escape the corruption that is in the world because of passion, advocated by false teachers and prophets, and become partakers of the divine nature." Now, what is this, partakers of the divine nature? Catechism, the Catholic Church, paragraph 460, is a good place to start. And remember, when you turn in your catechism, you look in the outer margins, and then you'll have cross-references that will talk about the same thing in other parts of the catechism. But in section 460, it simply says, the Word became flesh to make us partakers of the divine nature. In other words, Jesus Christ was incarnated in order that his divinity joined to humanity could have almost an unbelievable impact on us as our human nature. And yeah, you know, there's a lot of problems inside of us as human beings, but it's not all negative. God has brought the future forward to equip us to be able to live properly in an unrighteous world. Now, you think, well, the catechism is just off base here. Well, you know, they start quoting some folks that should have our respect. There are three quotations given in paragraph section 460 of the Catechism. The first is from St. Irenaeus, quote, for this is why the Word became man. The Son of God became the Son of Man, so that man, by entering into communion with the Word and thus receiving divine sonship, might become a son of God. Find a tree somewhere, literally, and go sit there very peacefully, very slowly, read what I just read to you. This is, again, section 460 of the Catechism. I can't think of anything deeper, richer, more powerful, more encouraging, more life-transforming than what I just read. But it doesn't stop there. It has a second quotation from St. Athanasius. He says, for the Son of God became man so that we might become God. Now, I know this sounds heretical, and I'm going to recommend a couple of resources that you can understand the context of this, but it's an overwhelming promise, very great promises. And in the Eastern churches, they make a distinction between the very essence of God and his energies that come to us by the Holy Spirit and his grace. These are real things. These aren't just words. This is the real life of Christ that we can enter into. And it invades our being and transforms us so that we're not conforming to the allures of the world, even with false shepherds and false prophets trying to lead us that way. No, we have the power and the life of Christ within us. Then there's a third quotation to 460, and this is from St. Thomas Aquinas. The only begotten Son of God, wanting to make us sharers in his divinity, assumed our nature so that he made man might make men gods. So before you just say, this just sounds loony, uh, this is the catechism, this is St. Irenaeus, this is St. Athanasius, this is St. Thomas Aquinas. And while we're at it, how about St. Augustine? He said, he that justifieth doth himself deify, that in by justifying he doth make sons of God, for he hath given them power to become the sons of God. Now, partakers in the divine nature, another way or term to describe this is called deification, divinization, theosis, participation in God, they're all terms relating to the utterly profound transformation of human nature by the grace of God that's already available to the Christian in this age. You don't have to wait to get to heaven to start becoming like Christ. You just sit there and hang on your bare knuckles. No, this is something that uh, is powerful, dynamic, and life-changing. And so we want to uh, have a couple of resources for you. I wrote a book entitled Grace and Justification, and unknown to many Catholics who simply think the whole difference between Protestants and Catholics is that grace and works and that debate going back and forth, it's, it's a lot deeper than that because Catholic justification includes what I just gave you from Second Peter chapter 1, verse 4, and Catechism 460, because the Catechism speaks that justification includes, quote, Partaking of the divine nature, citing 2 Peter 1 4. And then the next paragraph, Catechism 1997, says, Grace is a participation in the life of God. So, my book, Grace and Justification, Chapter 12, I worked real hard to put into a dozen pages, uh, many months of research to try to digest this for you. And then there's a book, if you wanna go a step further, called to be the children of God, the Catholic theology of human deification. Either of those resources, my grace and justification will be the easy introduction to this. And may God bless you with the already blessings of deification of the believer. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 290 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at luke21.com.